citizens of the internet. Judge Moore has also said uh, that he doesn't think uh, a Muslim member of Congress should be allowed to be in Congress. Why? Uh, under what? But, under what provision? Because of the you have to swear on the Bible. You when you you when you are before. I had to do it. I'm an elected official, three terms. I had to swear on a Bible. You have to swear on a Bible to be an elected official in the, in the United States of America. He alleges that a Muslim cannot do that ethically. Swearing on the Bible. You don't actually have to swear on a Christian Bible. You can swear on anything, really. I don't know if you knew that. You can swear on a Jewish Bible. Oh, no. I swear on, a, on the Bible. I've done can, it three times. I'm sure Jay. you have. I'm sure you've picked a Bible, but the law is not that you have to swear on a Christian Bible. That is not the law. You, you don't know that? All right. Ted Crockett. With I don't know. I, I know that uh, Donald Trump did it when he when we made him president because he's Christian and he picked it. That's what he wanted. to. That's what we wanted to swear in on. Ted Crockett with the Moore campaign. Good luck tonight. Thank you so much for being here. My panel will react. When Merry we get Christmas. Back. Jay. Thank you, sir. keeping up with the election lately honestly after the second night i was just like just call me when the results are in i don't know how long <laughs> i'm gonna sit here waiting for you guys to count these things oh man on tuesday i like because last time i watched the election you know hillary it was hillary versus trump and i was arrogant like okay hillary's gonna be trump mm -hmm. and so i went to and you know they're counting the votes and it's taking too long and i'm like bro i'm gonna just go to sleep and i'm gonna see who wins right you woke Worst. up to like the nightmare. <laughs> I woke. Oh my! It's been a it's been a four year nightmare. Oh my goodness! I ref, I'm like, no way, Trump won. No. I did the so, same thing that <laughs> night. I went to sleep. I woke up again at like four or five a.m. and I saw Trump's face like smiling on the TV. But like, I don't know. I guess I just figured like, oh, you're dreaming or something. So I just went back to sleep, and I woke up again, and it was still there. And I was like, wow. <laughs> It's like waking up out of a coma, mm -hmm. a thousand years in the future. Like, have you seen Back to the Future, the movie? No, but I've heard like lots of references and stuff towards it. Well, the main character goes into the future and like his bully is the president. Wow. Or he was like a millionaire. I'm sure something. that was actually someone's reality seeing Trump on TV. Their bully is now the president. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, Whew. I was so like, and so this election, I couldn't, I was every day, I think I was up till maybe 2 a.m., 1 a.m., just looking at the results. Just, I couldn't, I, I couldn't wake up to another nightmare again. I couldn't do it. I want to mentally prepare <laughs> for the nightmare. I was, I was pretty positive we weren't going to get the results the first night. But then after the second night and then now the third, I'm like, wow, like this is really, 
we're really just in limbo, just not knowing who's going to be the next president. I feel like the founders, you know, the founders of America really did a good job organizing this whole system, right? Because even if Trump loses, he has 90 days until Joe Biden takes over, right? It's not like an mm -hmm. instant transfer of power. So it allows, you know, these states time to really count the votes. Because legally, they have up to 10 days to verify and confirm everything. I wonder if this has ever happened before in American history. I think it was worse back then. I think, you know, because back then they had, a, they had a convention. They would... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they would they would hold a convention and everybody from every state would roll up on horseback and they would sit in the meetings for a weeks just arguing and figuring out how this whole system was going to work. I think we're very Yeah, spoiled. the instant gratification. We're mm -hmm. so used to it. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. But 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 in modern times though, that yeah, this is a very long. This is taking mm -hmm. a long time. I think I think uh back during Bush versus Gore, it took a while. I think it took a month. Really? It took a long, yeah, it took a month for them to really, to decide. And the strategy Trump is using right now, because I, I, I used to do, you know, politics back in the day, so I'm very into all this stuff. You know, he's using the Roger, uh, the Roger Stone strategy, where you delay it out, and then you get your base to mob okay. the, 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 the counting centers. Mm -hmm. So they storm it and stop it. But however, it only worked because Bush was in the lead. And so when the Republicans mobbed the, because they didn't, it was Florida that, you know, they, we need to know who the president is, you know, and they were saying they're mm -hmm. trying to steal it. And so the Republicans in Florida rushed, you know, Florida people are crazy. So when they, when they stormed into the counting center, they're like, they were just, no one has ever done something like that before. And so they, they stopped counting. And so Bush won by a, a slim margin. Wait, they actually just stopped counting? They stopped counting because they were scared. Wow. You know, and I think Gore would have won if they really would have recounted. And it's, is it legal for them to just decide to stop counting? I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it messed up the count and, you know, Bush won. And I think maybe uh, Gore conceded. I think Gore conceded. Okay, so. It became legal the same way Hillary won the popular vote but lost the electoral college, mm -hmm. but she still uh, resigned. You know, she when it comes down to it, it's you don't want to be the president of a divided country. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't want to be king of the ashes. So it's almost like seeing a cult leader disgraced. I wonder what his entire base <laughs> is going to do now. <laughs> there, are, Republicans. This has been the highest republic. This has been the highest voter turnout in history in american history okay and republicans are the most organized political base democrats are not and republicans are energized they're organized and they have uh, you know republicans have this whole fall in line mm -hmm. while democrats have a fall in love mm -hmm. motto yeah and so mitch mcconnell the republicans you know they are already maneuvering after the four year, they're already move, maneuvering right now. Like McConnell, mm -hmm. I'm sure he's already picked out the cabinets for Joe Biden. Wow. Yeah, they they all like I they're gonna come they're gonna come back in four years, guns blazing, right? Um, and I'm sure they're gonna take a more progressive stance, right? Because 
this is an embarrassment, right? Trump losing the second term, you know, putting in a one-term president, that's an embarrassment mm-hmm. for a party. And Democrats, you know, if, if the Republicans bring out a fresher face that's better and more charismatic, oh my, it's over for Democrats. It's absolutely, over. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I'm by no means a Republican, don't get me wrong, but I feel like, especially after the last election, the fact that Democrats didn't learn anything, they're still campaigning and doing everything exactly the same way they did before. And mm-hmm. people are turned off by it. And rather than maybe try to understand why people are turning away and try to meet halfway with their base, they're kind of just, again, taking the same um, steps that they did last time. If you're not on our side completely and unquestioning, then you're this you're not for change. You're not one of us anymore. I think it's wrong. They have to definitely um, the party should be evolving with its members and it's not. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I feel, and unfortunately, they're so out of touch. That's what it is. They believe they're so out of touch from their base and from regular folk because you know Democrats have sold out to the corporate oh, ruling class. Yeah, they've sold out to Wall Street. Uh, Joe Biden is definitely right of he he. You know, when people think of Democrats, they think very liberal, very left. But no, you know, Joe Biden is more right leaning on Mm -hmm. the left than other politicians. He's, you know, he is the establishment. But anyways, you know, uh, just he Trump had to go. You know, the people around Trump were not good because the here's the danger about Donald Trump. Okay, it's not him. That's the threat. It's the people around him who are the threat because now they're enabled by the president, right? The president, he, you know, he just wants, I I feel like for him, this is more so like now he's gone down in history. Mm -hmm. That's basically like, if we were to look at Rome, how we talk about Julius Caesar, how we talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, Marcus Aurelius, we will be talking about Donald Trump in history class, the same way we reference these, you know, the emperors of Rome. And his whole stick has been the brand, you know, keep pushing the brand and keep pushing the brand. You know, he's already attached billionaire to the brand, Mm -hmm. but now he's attached like president to the brand. So his kids, 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 kids will be good, but he won't be good though. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but anyways, but back to him, back to Trump being real dangerous. So do you know, you know, Stephen, Stephen, Stephen Miller, Stephen Miller? Yeah, the, I that I think Stephen Miller, kind of bald guy, you know. Yeah, that guy is an evil genius architect, right? His mission, I, I'm I'm sure you know about him, right? Um, I've heard his name a couple times, but I don't really. What's his um evil genius plan? So okay, so Stephen Miller, uh, you know, from college, he. What he, you know, he already has had, a, you know, I think maybe high school, middle school, like he's been this guy. So anyways, he is the architect for the whole immigration plan, right? So America, America, they see the threat of immigration. They see the threat of cultural diffusion, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like um, when we talk about the American experience or the American experiment, right, is you 
get a bunch of people from different countries, different languages, different ideologies, and they self-govern themselves. That's the American experiment, okay? Mm-hmm. However, there are certain people that have certain views and they have certain visions of how this American experiment should be ran, right? They want it to have a certain look, a certain taste, a certain swagger. They, they, they want to shape the country in their own image, right? That's why mm-hmm. the whole immigration ban, you know, that, that was Stefan Miller's, that had his fingerprints all over, right? When he, when he banned Muslim, country, Muslim countries. Right, because okay, yeah, in, that's in, where this all yeah, started, yeah. In, in order to create, uh, let's say a better society, right? People need to have they they need to give up their cultural identity identity mm-hmm. and adopt the cultural identity of the country they're moving into, right? Assimilation, and so a, a, a perfect assimilation, right? And I think. After 9-11, right, that was when assimilation kind of ended and a, div- you know, a rift was created because 9-11, right, America has never been attacked at home before. And I felt that really shook up a bunch of Americans. And, you know, then, oh, this is our enemy. You know, the people in the Middle East, they look like this, they behave like this, they talk like this, right? Mm-hmm. So now Americans are like, oh, shit, you know, like it's scary you know you know there's people out there and you know i'm not i'm not a conspiracy theorist i don't want to go into conspiracy conspiracy theories about things i can't prove um you know but jeffield can't melt steel beams but whatever uh but (laughs) (laughs) but uh i feel like that was when you know because a lot of muslim people were attacked a lot of people that look they were indian pakistani uh, a southeast asian yeah, Southeast anybody Asians. that had that brown person look was being attacked, even if they yes. weren't actually the right ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I and I and I guess you know, so the children of the parents who were attacked, they you know they start getting this resentment towards the country. Like if they won't accept me, I won't accept them. And so now you mm-hmm. see this rise of people embracing their own culture, right? They were now they're starting to reject assimilating and they're saying okay well we can be ourselves but still be within the country we don't want to you know lose ourselves and i really i really like it because you know i feel like now immigrant children don't have to deal with a lot of self-hate yeah because you know it's i feel like parents they don't okay you come to america for a better life but they don't understand that when you move to a whole new environment it's nuanced right Mm -hmm. and your kids if you if you don't keep them enriched in their own culture they're gonna have a hard time yeah yeah you know because i I remember you know going to school i mean i knew i was nigerian i knew i was african i you know i knew my history i knew my past and Mm -hmm. you know people would want to put me in this box they want to categorize me and stereotype me Mm -hmm. and luck you know luckily i know who i am you know and i know where i come from and you know i have I have that confidence within me and you can't, you know, no matter what you say, I know who I am. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I was able to ward off a bit of all of that pressure, but I, I, I've met some kids that it crushed them, you know, it, re- mm-hmm. it really crushed them. And as a kid, they, that fear of being the different one, the, mm-hmm. um, the weird one, it was real. 
-hmm. remember when I first started school here, my teacher, she introduced me. She was like, this is our new student from Africa. And that (laughs) kind of just solidified who I was for those people. Yeah. The African girl, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. And and the way they would portray Africa. Oh, oh, my goodness. What Mm -hmm. are they like, and they, I'm not going to lie, it made me really standoffish towards them because I was very, um, you know, just in defense mode because I didn't want these people attacking me for being the African kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did they ever call you African booty scratcher? <laughs> um, that one, no. That's more of a word of mouth thing that I heard oh, from everyone man. around me. I don't think it was oh. ever directed towards me, though. <laughs> Oh, okay, that's good. You know, me and my me and my siblings, man, we got it. They 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 called us all types of African booty scratcher. I'm like, what? My booty don't itch. I didn't even understand half of the jokes that they made, to be honest. I didn't either. I didn't either. And I I, remember, I would I would come to school, right? My mom would cook, and I'd come to school, you know, smelling like the food because we just cooked, and mm-hmm. the kids were like, "Oh, why do you smell like that? Why do you smell like that?" I'm like, what? I don't stink. Like, yeah, you smell weird. I'm like, oh lord, oh <laughs> lord. And I remember my my brother would like get his clothes and put it in a you know trash bag and put it outside. Wow. So whenever he'd go to school in the morning, you know, he'd go out and put open the the bag and bring his clothes out and put it on. I'm like, I never even considered doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't gotta do all that, but you know, that was his way of. Mm-hmm trying to navigate this crazy country you know we we were brought into but man this election though i didn't think he he would flip um pennsylvania or georgia i know i I didn't didn't think he would flip georgia like when people were saying turn texas blue i was like that is far-fetched there's no way but then i saw georgia i was like wow that's really happening I never Stacey thought Abrams. I would see Southern states just flip like that. Stacey Abrams, man, wow. she she did that. Stacey Abrams did that. Like after, I read, she helped register like I don't know how many hundreds of people. Wasn't like damn dang you like seven hundred? A lot of people. It was a lot of people. I think it was more like hundred thousand actually. Oh wow! Oh, I need okay. to find that article again. Cause she lost. She lost the gubernatorial election against yeah. you know brian kemp and i saw some people were saying um republicans probably regretted her loss because she was able to put more attention into getting people registered to vote mm-hmm, mm-hmm. brian kemp he barely won that one like she lost by maybe 0.2 that's crazy it was a very like if everyone would have registered she would have won georgia mm-hmm. but the thing is texas can go blue but the gerrymandering, like the way they've redistrict Texas, it's it's gonna be very and like they like voter suppression in the South is crazy. Yeah, I've seen so in New Jersey, I've never really seen um, the long um, lines that people talk about. Even my parents, when they go vote, there it's usually pretty quick. But when I mm-hmm. see the long lines, people saying they've been in line for five, eight, ten hours, I'm like, wow. How do they expect? They obviously don't want people to vote. It's not that they're expecting them to go through all that just to vote. I I don't know. Shouldn't that be illegal or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. 
Isn't Jersey typically Democrat? Yeah. Well, where I live, it's um, I think a lot of states up in the Northeast are like this. Actually, there are lots of po- um pockets of Republicans, but mm-hmm. the Democrats stay in like usually a few very dense areas within the state. Typically, so that's if you how looked it at it like by county, it would look mostly red, but the Democrat areas have a high population. That's how usually like that's how the South is, and the, that's the reason why the South is still red. Mm-hmm. They've j- they gerrymander. They re, sorry, they redistrict. So they find the blue pockets, right? And then they cut into it and they mix it with the majority of red. I see. Yeah, so they take away the blue power. However, as I feel like with the... So people are leaving California and they're moving mm-hmm. to Texas. Everyone is coming into Texas. Mm-hmm. So, and most of these people that mo- newly move in are Democrats or coming from blue states. And I think these people will now change the meta of Texas and Texas mm-hmm. will become a big battleground state in the near future. I wonder if the Texas Republicans are going to stay and like hold down the fort or are they going to leave? Stay where? In Texas. Yeah, they don't, people don't leave Texas. Like we like, cause I'm, I'm in Texas, right? And you know, everything's cool over here. Well, I'm in Houston, Houston, everything, you know, it's cool over here. There's, but I wouldn't. I'm not gonna stay here forever. That's for sure. And I think you know, you know, and so the politicians in Texas are saying, "Hey, I know you come to Texas because you, you know, you like the low income tax. That's good. Let's keep it that way." So <laughs> that's what they. That's what they. That's what they're telling people. Like, hey, you're here for a reason. So you know, don't you know, don't vote any crazy way, but. I mean, he does have a good point. They don't want to end up um, voting for all the same things that ended up making them leave California. Yeah, because California is kind of scary, man. Like, the homeless people are pooping in the street. When I hear people talk about the homeless in California, I'm, like, amazed. That's How did it even get that bad is what I don't understand. I think, like, bad housing bills. And also, they raised the property tax. Like, so... Say you inherited, say you had a home, right, um, in California at the time, and it was maybe like 100000 to build, and it was like your great-grandmother's, right? Mm-hmm. As time progresses, the property value increases, and I think the law in the past was whatever you bought the home in the past was, that will be your initial tax. Wow. And I don't know, maybe they repealed it, so now grandmas who are retired or people who inherited a home might now have to pay the property tax of what the home is currently worth even though they're not making that amount of money wow also maybe drugs a lot of crack cocaine <laughs> a lot of who knows I don't, I don't know but i think drug related because crack hit california very bad mm-hmm When I hear a lot of um, Californians talk about it online, they almost talk about it like um, like it's just some irritating thing that they have to deal with. They don't really humanize the fact that these are indeed people that are homeless and have to live in the street. Yeah, they, they kind of just walk over them and keep going. Mm-hmm. I know in Houston, in Houston, it, like the homeless issue was getting really bad, um, you know, 
uh, I remember I, I was walking. This is back when Houston was like still up and coming. Uh, maybe it isn't like the Houston, like, you know, Houston was very popular. But I'm talking maybe back in 08, like 2000, not 2008. I'm thinking like 2010, right? I would go to downtown. It was still, you know, you'd see a lot of homeless folks. But then when the Super Bowl was going to happen in Houston, everything changed. Every, I think the city passed a new ordinance. And then the police officers came on their horses and were just sweeping the homeless people off the street. Like, hey, you got to go. Like. I don't know where you're gonna go, where you're gonna go, but you can't be here. So then, they moved to the metro stops, like the bus stations, and that's where they're sitting on like the benches and stuff. But it, it seems like the plan is not to place them in homes, but more displace them, like out of sight, out of mind. That's insane. Sorry. Also, I think also in California, uh, they passed squatters rights where if you camp in a location unmoved for 30 days that's your new spot like that's your home like no one can mm -hmm. kick you out of it i don't know i just feel like we like in new jersey for example every time i go to like um say trenton um there's so many worn down dilapidated buildings that are just closed not being used for anything that could totally be re-renovated and even yeah even if it's just like a place for them to go inside and warm up i just don't see why we have all these buildings just sitting there collecting dust rotting away and we'd rather just disperse homeless people and not give them any other option anywhere to go mm -hmm. yeah I, I think it just poor budgeting the i i feel like the Honestly, I have I have faith uh, for politics in the future because of the gen you know Gen Z. Mm -hmm. I feel like Gen Z, you, you know, might be the hope for humanity. I really think Gen Z is a lot smarter than people give us credit for. I mean, way, people like to yeah, make fun of us smarter. online because of um, you know, stupid trends or whatever. But honestly, truly, I think we're we have a really bright future ahead of us. Also, they don't understand the power of trends, right? Because one thing I realized on being on Twitter and starting tw trends myself, there's power in a trend. There's power in getting people organized. So what Gen Z is actually training is their ability to organize quickly mm -hmm. and efficiently, right? How can we disseminate a message in the most effective and quickest manner possible. You get what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. in speech class, they teach us, you know, hey, you gotta get a message across. How do you do it? And there's so many barriers that people run into. And and as we are watching through TikTok, right? They're like, hey, you, you have like a minute or you have 15 seconds, get your message across. You tell people get their message across in 15 seconds or less back in the days, they're like, what are you talking about? How do we do that? But now, you know, People, oh, you can dance, or you can put like a song, or you can, you know, you can do a lot of things with getting your message across. And so that's mm -hmm. what people are training in. And that's a very great ability. Cause no joke, you know, uh, what are millennials doing right now? Millennials, all they talk about is being depressed, uh, <laughs> avocado toast. You know, everyone's having kids right now. 
everyone is getting married. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they like right now, I feel like they're very defeated. You know, the student loan is is crushing them. Mm-hmm. However, you know, we knew how to code. We knew how to source code on Tumblr. Like we had a lot of technical, like we were the first of the internet and we have so many skills that we are not implementing and we aren't really using it to make a change. But Gen Z, you know, you guys are definitely ahead of that curve quickly. Very bright future, you know, and I'm sure with this election, young folk, they're like, they're going to get into politics a lot. I feel like a lot of people are going to get into politics after this election. And I also feel like my um, generation, we're not going to let, I don't know. Well, I guess this could go one of two ways. I feel half of me feels as though we won't let silly things get in the way of allowing someone that's a good person to run to be a politician, whether it's a governor, president, whatever, because um, I remember seeing things like people trying to look up Obama's old school records and stuff like that to try and discredit him. I don't think Mm -hmm. things like that are really going to be a problem for us. But what I do see, um, which is why this is kind of a double edged sword, is you know, someone trying to be a politician in the future and someone bringing up maybe, I don't know, tweets that they made when they were like 16 in high school, didn't know anything. I already see them doing that to um, mm-hmm. just everyday people. So I can't imagine for someone that's trying to run for office. Which is why I think our um, our social media activity, it can be, yes, it's good because we're very good at organizing, but we're also mm-hmm. very good at getting false information out there very fast. And and I feel like that's the I feel like when we do get to the age because like we have to be what forty five to run for president. I feel like when we do become forty five, I don't. I think we will be past the whole exposing era, like I bringing sure back trying so. to tear people down. Because I mean, think about it, right? You're forty five. Uh, most of the shit you have will be long. Like MySpace. Do you still have your MySpace password? I don't think do I ever even your- use it. Yeah, you know, I don't have my, I mean, I don't have my, my, I might know my MySpace password, but I'm not going to go back in there and look at the messages. Maybe I might, but I don't do that, okay? And who knows what Twitter will be 50 years from now, 10 years from now. It might be something else, right? So I think that problem will be long gone before it really cripples us. And, And, you know, not just that, I feel like social media is like, the invention of the car right when the car was first created the seatbelt came maybe 20 years later Mm, right you gotta there's there's so many car crashes and car wrecks people finally sat down and said hey you know let's put in some safety features right that's what twitter was doing with trump right they Mm -hmm. created the whole retweet setting where you have to like quote the tweet and retweet it or if it's an article they say hey do you want to read the article right Mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying yeah. As long as we learn from our mistakes and try to improve, I have hope. And not just, you know, other countries, like what, like I think countries under Russia, like when Russia was the, uh, the, what was the name of the, the Soviet Union, sorry, or before the Soviet, when it was an empire, I think it was the Soviet Union, or the, when they had the Red Army, I think it was the Red Army, Soviet Union, I don't know, but when they were, huge and they had like their empire the countries that broke off from the russian empire they had to implement their anchors right they have a whole segment on the news channel where they debunk 
fake propaganda. Wow. Because the Russians were already doing insurgencies and fake news to the, you know, to them. Right. And so now America is just now being hit with the fake news because, you know, we've never we've you know, we're we're the big bad boy on the block and we've never been attacked like this. We're used to, you know, guns and bullets. This is a whole different way of warfare. It really is, especially with the um, the most amazing thing um, that I found about the past election anyway was the Russian bots. I mean, how you can just make a fake account and create so much discourse online and sway yeah. thousands of people. That's really yeah. amazing, but also very scary. I'm, I, I can't, like when I, when I had 20,000 followers and I was like, I would make fake retweets and like I'd interact with myself and I would generate a ton of activity. I'd get like, I would, you know, I'm, I'm on my cracked iPhone 5 and I'm like, wow, this is dangerous. Wow. <laughs> I should not have all this power. You know, I would tweet something crazy and turn off my phone and I'd come back lunchtime and people were mad. Wow. People were upset. And I'm like, wow, you know, that I'm like, someone should do something about this. But, I, you know, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I'm what? I had like. Had cal had calculus to worry about, right? I had to focus mm -hmm. on calculus class and writing a well thought out letter to Twitter and warning them about how their app could be misused. But definitely, I was very I was very shocked. And and so now when I'm on the internet, I I can spot a bot. I'm okay. That's a bot. That's a bot activity right there. It's crazy because sometimes even when I'm looking at the account and I know it's a bot, depending on what they say, mm -hmm. like it can just piss you off so much. <laughs> I don't know why. It's really bad to be that reactive. It's so bad. You know, say it was face to face and I said something wild. You might, you're going to think it through like, okay, do I really want to engage in this conversation? What if it becomes physical? Right. Face to face, I'd probably walk away like very quickly. But social media, because we can ha hide behind the avatar, uh, people in, in Bolden, they can take on a, because there's no, you mm -hmm. know, we have no, we have no internet police. And that's what, um, I don't know if you've heard about the app called Clubhouse. No, I have not. What's that? So it's like a new social media platform, but the idea is um, you join different rooms and instead of texting That's and dope. chatting, you can only use your voice because people tend to be a lot more um, conscious of what they're about to say if they have to actually say it and they're speaking live to other people rather than I could just text mm -hmm. something really offensive and shut off my phone. Who cares? That's dope. That's pretty cool. What are y'all doing? Is it like chat rooms? Like AOL Messenger? So... Um, you can create your own room and I mean, people talk about anything. I've seen tons of rooms, just people connecting each other to jobs. Um, I've seen rooms for like, um, producers, directors, writers, rooms, just people just, I don't know, talking politics, talking about dating. You can create a no room way. for anything and anyone can join Clubhouse. and just talk. Yeah. But you have to be invited. Oh, yeah. You gotta be it's invited. It's called Clubhouse. Yeah, so you can make an account, you can choose a screen name, and they'll send you a text when your account is ready. Or if you know someone that's already on the app and they haven't used their one invite yet, they can invite you. That's cool. That's real cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, I already used my invite, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, I'll wait it out. But I feel like for that kind of app, they're trying to more so grow their audience right now. Maybe they'll mm -hmm. expand it and open it in the future once they've worked out all the issues. 
yeah, I can't imagine it being a lot. Um, if there are too many people on there, I'm not sure how they would be able to keep it under control, but I'm sure they're working on something. You know what's pretty cool about this election? It really made me, like, like, like all how long this is taking aside. I really appreciate American democracy, you know, because I've seen democracy done in other countries. <laughs> And, you know, that, you know, it's, it's crazy, you know, when the Nigerian elect, when the, the whole Nigerian election happened, what was it, in 2018, 20, no, no, Obama was president, maybe 2016, I think it was 2016 when, when the Nigerian election happened, uh, they shut down the country, they closed it off, and anyone that was not in at the time could not vote. Wow. I had no idea that ever happened. Yeah, they were they were like they were rigging, rigging. They were ready to start rigging. I mean, early. I know Nigeria has a very funny idea of what democracy is, but that's <laughs> insane. Oh my goodness, man! And then when the election season was happening, uh, that was when Boko Haram got active, and then the Chiboku 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 girls mm-hmm. or Chi, they got kidnapped. The Chiboku girls, Chiboku girls got kidnapped, and it made you know the Igbo. You know, good luck, Jonathan was the president at the time. And, you know, for people who were listening in Nigeria, uh, it's broken into regions, right? There's the north, the south. What else? What are the other regions? Um, I guess you could say the west. The west? Who are on the west? The Fulani people? Um, those are, they're up north. Or is it the house? Usually people divided by north and south. The Fulani okay. and house are both up north. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, so the the north and the south, right? And um, good luck, Jonathan is from the south. He's Igbo, and the person his challenger was Buhari, who is from the north. And you know, for those that don't know, um, when Nigeria first became a country, there was a military coup, which was led by General Buhari, who I think what what was he exiled from the country, and he came back. Honestly, I don't know. When he did the coup, they, you know, they, the military took over the country and it was ran for a bit, but that didn't work out. And, you know, he said he changed his ways and then the people voted for him in. And now, you know, we have a dictator. You know, and, you know, now we have a democratic dictator. And some, you know, some people say he's a clone. What do you think about yeah, that? Some about people don't think he's alive anymore. Yeah, they say he now, was in and they cloned him. I know we're corrupt, but I don't think our leaders have that kind of um, evolved corruption where they could create a clone. I don't know, man. I've I've been reading. I've been watching some of Alex. You know, Alex Jones. He mm-hmm. he he might sound crazy sometimes, but Alex <laughs> Jones. I think he is on the money sometimes, and I do believe they have. Ex, they have decoded the human DNA, and you know there's there are these there are these scientists that don't have any moral compass, that don't have any moral boundaries. They will push it and try to. They can they clone sheep. They've cloned sheep. They've cloned rats. Oh, and I don't rats, doubt that they can clone someone. I just don't think Nigeria is doing that. Yeah, yeah but the thing is, right? So Nigeria is under control. You know, when I feel like when people talk about country liberations from colonial countries, right, like African countries being liberated from their colonial, you know, rulers, these countries aren't really free. You know, they still mm-hmm. pay homage, they still pay to the countries that colonized them, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, 
France holds all of, what is it, Haiti's foreign domestic imports. Like the money that I think, I don't know what country, maybe Haiti, they hold it. They keep it in their treasury. And so now they use the money that they hold from the money that the Haitians make to loan out to their own people. And Britain colonized Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm sure, you know, the, the British might have cloning technology. Who knows? But anyways, that's a conspiracy theory that is going around <laughs> in, in the WhatsApp community. But I don't think he's cloned either. I just think it's com- incompetence and heavy corruption. I just don't understand how it becomes that bad because all the corrupt leaders that we have now, weren't they once just average Nigerians? How do they take office and decide to turn their backs on their people just like that? Have you heard of the uh, Stanford, was it the Stanford experiment of? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, right. When you give people absolute power over another people, another person, they will abuse it. Because that's, and I feel like that's the, that's the shortcomings of humans we forget. We forget very easily. You know, when we move into a whole nother uh, status of living or enjoyment or comfort, we quickly forget. And then we look down on the people who are still down there. Like they deserve it. They're lazy. They're not working hard enough. I worked hard. I've struggled. I've suffered. But we forget our whole goal in life is to, you know, progress and then bring the people behind us to our level. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you go back and you improve, but I guess for, for them, you know, it gives them self-esteem, self-worth. Like, yeah, you know, look at me. I'm, someone has to admire me, right? I need to be admired. Mm-hmm. So if everyone is on your level, who would admire you? They'll just point out your flaws. I was disgusted when they found the warehouse full of rice, right? The COVID. Oh my you know, God. Niger- yeah. Some they of it suffered. was even going bad already. It's crazy. That's unacceptable. <laughs> Bless you. Unacceptable. And, and the then, woman that addressed, um, I don't mm-hmm. know, they were having some kind of convention. And I know her, her last name is Macaulay. I can't remember her first name. But she basically told... Um, Nigerian youth that instead of being um, hoodlums, that's what she called them, that they should look within themselves and basically saying that, um, oh, yeah, so Nigeria has unemployment. Lots of countries have unemployment. She compared them to the U.S. She said even America has unemployment, but that they should look within themselves and become fashion designers or something like that. Just some crazy. I couldn't believe that she had the gall to even stand up there and say things like that. And then they found out that she had actually been taking COVID palliatives and using them as party favors with her face on them. No way. Yeah. I'll send you the article. That's, that's dirty. That's dirty. Uh, you know, Crazy. I, 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 I'm telling you, man, colonialism did a whole, like, it did a number on Nigeria. It did a number. On every African country. Every, like, and just from the white savior complex that they have, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, 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 you know, man, but I'm really happy that, because my issue was, I'm like, why aren't people like rising up and saying enough is enough, you know, you know, but however, 
they were quickly put down, you know, be, you know, police mm-hmm. you know, quickly put down. But this is the first step. Cause like the internet, I'm telling you, the internet has changed the game, right? Mm-hmm. Social That's media. That's why their politicians are getting so scared. They're fighting for this social media bill to be able to kill these protests once and for all. What's the bill? What's that bill? Can you explain it to me? I don't know what exactly the terms would be, but I know they're just grand scheme. The big scheme of things is that they're trying to be able to control what the youth are and are not allowed to post online. Mm. Yeah. That, so that's posting not good. things that like defame the president, for example, that would probably get you in a lot of trouble. A lot of people that are known um, NSARS activists are actually being targeted right now. One of them, mm-hmm. she was at the airport. They seized her passport and they wouldn't let her leave the country. Wow. And apparently wow. they're ordering banks to start shutting down people's accounts too. Wow. I mean, they could use this energy to end corruption and money mm-hmm, laundering. Exactly. But They could use the same energy to end... Uh, People literally starving. But but that's but the thing. They're, they're worried about social media bills. But you know, and and I feel like that's governments that do that. They're very dumb, right? Governments that take a very hard line, arresting social. They're very dumb because they're gonna have, they're gonna have you know they're not gonna they they forget. Eventually, people are gonna say enough is enough, right? Mm-hmm. If they were smart. They would try to buy out these activists like, hey, you know, here's some money. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, you want let's help you. Let's, you know, hey, you know, come work with us. Like that's what America does. Right. America does mm-hmm. that. They will get or they'll find one activist and then prop him up and fund him. So he's a loud voice so he can direct the conversation. But anyways, you know, that's very short sighted, you know, because it's very short sighted. But I, I, people I saw someone. Um, I wish I could cite these tweets, man. But um, someone was talking about the divide between the North and the South and that rather than, you know, getting nasty with Northerners, people should really calm down and try to educate them. Because Mm -hmm. one of the many differences between the North and the South is that Northerners are already used to military occupation. They're already used to being um, mishandled and mistreated by all these leaders, which is why down South, when the military started shooting at people for protesting, people were so shocked. So they were like, um, you know, once we can educate these people and tell them why they should be fighting with us instead of adhering to the government and fighting against us, they'll understand and they'll join our fight. And they won't be um, as phased by the military coming in and trying to silence them. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. And because it's, it's kind of like the same, it's kind of like the same message people say on Twitter, like, we are all oppressed, right? Just because you're a straight, you know, you're a guy or you're a straight guy, you can't put down someone that's, you know, that's gay because at the end of the day, we're black, right? Or, or mm-hmm. we're, we're people, we're the working class, we're all mm-hmm. one group and we are not our own enemies. We are not the people that, that is mm-hmm. a, exactly. you know, and you're right, that's what it is. It's, you know, people. And that's also why some of these leaders have been trying to sway um, the NSARS movement into like a tribalism thing because they know mm. that once they get that started and have everybody fighting each other instead of mm. fighting the actual problem, it's so mm-hmm. easy to kill a movement like that. Can we discuss more about the SARS? Like, what is SARS for the people that don't know what SARS is? 
Um, so SARS is basically an ant. It was supposed to be an anti-robbery force. Um, I think it was created in the 1980s or 1970s, but originally it was supposed to be a task force that would stop people from, you know, getting their things stolen, getting their houses broken into. Um, but they, for some reason, decided to really focus their attention on 419 scams like Yahoo Boys. And those are basically the people that people talk about online, um, sending fake emails saying, I'm an African prince, I have money for you, whatever, whatever. Mm. And that basically turned into them harassing young people. They'll see a young person with a computer or a cell phone or something like that, looking like they have money when they apparently, for whatever, shouldn't. Or just looking that they have something to offer. It basically became just harassing young people. Um, they could basically kidnap them for ransom, killing them in the streets, sexually harassing women, raping women, stealing from young people. So it wasn't really protecting anyone at all. If anything, meeting face to face with these officers would put you in more danger than um, it would protect you. Yeah, I saw a so, video of this truck driver being held hostage by an officer and the people had to surround the truck. And then the officer ran, runs out of the car. I'm like, wow. Mm -hmm. that and that video, I think I saw that too. And it meant a lot to me because a lot of times what would usually happen is people will see the officer harassing that guy and just look the other way because, you know, let me mind my business. Let me not get involved. Mm -hmm. But this movement, I feel, has definitely changed a lot of people's minds. My only regret is that I feel like I can't really do anything from a diaspora position other than like donate money. But I try, I guess, to um, spread awareness and things like that. Yeah. Do you ever feel there will be a reverse diaspora, like back to like back to the homeland? That is something that I would love to see happen. Honestly, it sounds like a far-fetched dream, I know. <clears throat> but I would love to relocate my family back to the homeland because I was talking about this to my mom the other day, like... If, say, Nigeria was a safe, well-functioning country, I don't see why any of us would want to leave. You know, I feel like it's a real shame that our only, our escape plan is basically to leave and go succeed somewhere else. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And just stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Um, definitely would like to, you know, take my children back to my homeland. So they could, you know, embrace the culture, see what it's like, be around their own people. Um, so, I'm, I mean, because it's it's tough in the diaspora, like not being able to reconnect sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, 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 it's tough. All I can do is try to see things through the eyes of my friends and my family that still live there. But yeah. nothing is ever going to compare to actually being there with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you visited? Um, last I last time I was there was in January, actually. Oh. And then we came back and locked down and everything started just a few months after. You made it back in time. Yeah, luckily. They had disbanded SARS, right? And now they're reforming it as SWAT. <laughs> yeah, and they posted those. I don't know if they posted them on purpose or if this is footage that got leaked of them training and... I guess they were doing like kung fu moves or something. I don't know. But I don't know how any of that is supposed to help what people were originally protesting against. It helps them steal your money faster. 
<laughs> they can pickpocket you better. And all the, just everything that was being released during that protest, during those protests, mm-hmm. it was just like, um, you know, missing people being found. All those missing people that people would post. I mean, every other day, this person is missing. This person is missing. And they found that their bodies were being like dumped in rivers and things like that. These, a lot of those um, officers are really just serial killers. Yeah. And it's crazy yeah. because they'll say, you know, we have a general idea of who did it. Oh, SARS officers killed them. But do they ever personally get held accountable for all the people that they killed and stole from? You know, it's funny, like everywhere, everywhere is having the same problem. Every, mm-hmm. every, the same problem, just abuse of power, abuse, you know, getting the wrong people in, in a position where they have power over somebody else mm-hmm. and they just abuse it. How do you, like, what would you suggest to counteract that? Like, what, what Honestly, would you do? I have no idea. Because it's not like there's some empathy exam that you can take to see, you know, what you would do with the power once you have it. Mm-hmm. I think there just needs to be a complete restructuring of not just the officers, but also the law. Because how can... Like, imagine, for example, Donald Trump sees, um, you know, he doesn't like what the Black Lives Matter protesters are doing. So he contacts Chase Bank and has them turn off all the um, bank accounts of the Black Lives Matter protesters. That would be illegal. He would not be able to do that. So the fact that our government officials in Nigeria can even do that at all and the banks actually adhere to them, that's really insane. That's a problem from the bottom up. It's not just... Like this person needs to be held accountable. That's the entire system is corrupt. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Right. And I, I talk about this topic a lot. Pe- fo- the foundation of everything is very, very important because the foundation of the whole Nigerian democracy is based off of American and British democracy. They adopted the constant. I think they adopted uh, maybe British or American constitution. Like, these are things that they did not even come together and compromise and write. Mm-hmm. And they never formed the Nigerian identity. They never mm-hmm. promoted nationalism. They kind of just, okay, we're starting. We, have, we got a lot of oil. We have some infrastructure. Okay, let's just start. We have a lot of money here. You know, things are going well. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in the 90s, you know, the, the, the Naira, which is the Nigerian dollar, was worth as much as a u.s dollar but this is like bill clinton presidency time but then i forgot who took over after you know that time and it just went and went downhill in the 90s the naira just went downhill and it's been chaos ever since Mm -hmm. and so that's why however if the you know if the country was you know the found whoever founded well, it wasn't. It was founded by the British to harvest the resources and get money and get workers. So even the whole conception of Nigeria exactly is, is you know is is loop loopy from the ground up. Which is why I don't really understand why people look at separatists like they're crazy. Like the Biafran War, I was talking to one of my family members about it one time, and I was like, why didn't they just let? the evil people separate and they were like oh well why would you separate the country like you know you don't allow that um 
you That's know, just the oil like was. they had the oil. They had kind of like a rules are rules um, attitude about it. And I'm like, if anything, they were the people that were really fighting against colonialism mm-hmm. because we were never one people. We just got um, squished into one country together because that's what made lives easier for the British. But why do we have to keep that if that's not what's working for us? Mm-hmm. Like ad- adopt the whole American mentality, you know, let the states govern mm-hmm. themselves properly and then the president oversees things but that works yeah. because americans see themselves as one country in the first place yeah. but nigerians honestly tribalism was built into the very frame of our country yeah because you know the british never tried to unite the people right and then the same thing and that's what's happening in right, africa is destabilized africa african countries are some are stabilized, but a lot of them are, it's very shaky. Same thing is happening in the Middle East, right? These countries mm-hmm. that are formed is only because of the British, right? That's why Yemen, right? Uh, Israel, Palestine, Tur- Turkey, you know, these countries, the problems keep flaring up because of the tribalism, right? People don't want to mm-hmm. give up their own cultural identity. And that's really funny because if even if because like if you go back ten thousand years into the past, whatever you're repping wasn't what you were to begin with. Absolutely. That's the funny part. Because today it could be um, I don't know, Yoruba people versus the Igbo people, but go back even just a few generations ago, your ancestors may not have always been whatever tribe you are now. Yeah, we were probably Bantu, you know? Uh we we were probably the we were probably the Israelites. <laughs> no but seriously you know Igbo people they descend you know they claim to be descendants of the tribes of benjamin anyways like the same thing in ethiopia right they're saying they're jewish descent yeah one of my uncles claims that's where we're (laughs) he said that we come from israel i i i i believe it right i'm pro black everything black or i'm like dr umar i don't care you could say we were the greek god we were that that was us we was gods <laughs> but you know all craziness aside though i really do appreciate american democracy uh, i mean mm-hmm. people people talk hot mass you know people talk this country no i mean i appreciate america you know all the problems aside it's it's a stand-up it's pretty mm-hmm. good country pretty good country because the founders the f- man, the f- even though they're racist, the framework they've laid out still works till today. You know, America is now one of the wealthiest, powerfulest countries in the world because of what a bunch of old people in wigs and high socks decided, you know, was appropriate and it's working. I mean, it's working um definitely more for some people than for others and while i do i absolutely do appreciate um the opportunities that america provides but we also always have to keep in mind that it's at the expense of someone else whether we'll ever meet them or know who they are all our opportunities here are always at the expense of someone else living in some distant country you're right and you're right and that's how unfortunate, you know, like they say, don't hate the player, hate the game, right? Mm-hmm. America is having its moment, right? It, in the past, it was a Roman Empire. And then prior to that, it was the Ottoman Empire. Prior to that, it was, you know, the 
the, the Chinese empire, right? Prior to that was the African empires, right? Everybody has their moment in the sun to shine. And they built whatever empire they have off the backs of other people. Very true. Unfortunately, that's just how, you know, humans, mm -hmm. for some reason, we still haven't figured out how to acquire resources without, you know, in the most ethical, because, you know, there's a whole debate, right? Like, like I don't want to get into the whole conversation of morality and what's right or wrong. You know, there's a, that's a whole nother, that's a whole, that, that'll be a whole nother podcast episode. Right. Uh, but I, I believe that morality is written by the victors and the strong, right? Those who can mm -hmm. enforce what they believe in and back it up. They decide what morality is because who's there to challenge them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you look at life like that, then you, your only choice is to get strong. That's your number one mission, get strong. So you have the power to defend yourself. You have the power to protect yourself against somebody else that has a different moral compass than you do. Because, you know, I feel like we gotta stop looking at the world like it's flowers and daisies. No, it's cold. Yeah. Like, you know, look at the animal. I really like to look at the animal kingdom because that just shows you true and pure, pure, organisms interacting without bias or mm -hmm. you know all these rules attached you know pure survival instinct pure survival instincts it's either it's either me or you when it comes down to it it's, it's like the animal i gotta eat i'm sorry mr deer i'm i am I'm, I'm i'm hungry eat grass i can't my body doesn't <laughs> i can't digest grass like that <laughs> so we're gonna end the podcast on that note do you have anything final to say um, no, just that this has been a pretty good conversation. Thank you for having me on. It's my pleasure. I'd like to have you on again in the future. Okay, sounds good. All right, I'm going to sign out in three, two, one, zero. It's a slumdog opera, the tale of a king whose name wasn't on the roster. My road to glory was road to perdition. And act two, the turn is just the memoirs with no omissions. We came a mighty long way from standing near the stove in the cold. The greatest story ever told. The realest niggas see the pain in my storyboards. The true believers say, Wallahi, I support the ball. My life feel like a highlight reel. This is lightning striking. Feel how the zeitgeist feel. Get a slight chill. I got these niggas breezy. My swag is on 1.21 gigawatts, 10 trillion kilowatts, hardcore thriller pop, Michael Jackson nigga rock. Google me, baby, understand where I'm coming from. My destiny's to hit a grand slam when my number come. All hell the lyrical, Grand Wizard Imperial. Nigga signed a dotted line with hove, that's a miracle. And I ain't leave the thugs alone. The humble and meek will surely inherit the mud we own and shoot up every club we clone. The flow was too atomic, the poetry's too Quranic, a young prophet Muhammad. And I could drop a verse to change the whole vibration The whole rock nation, the whole live nation So pour a libation, beware but prepare for the polarization It's the globalization Want all the clergymen to notify Satan I've been waiting, it's the notarization I've been patient I got these niggas breezy
Don't worry about it. A thousand kisses to the haters, cause they made me greater. A thousand wishes from a million slaves to raise a savior. A thousand visits to these dickheads at these major labels. From Big Daddy Kane to Big Daddy Kane and Abel. You pay a cost to be a boss, nigga. I paid the wager. Master both sides of the force, and plus I made my saber. Yes, sir. I'm a soldier of love. Drowning all my sorrows and woes in the club. My white boys say that shit you spit last year, bro. Was like a real fine Merlot when the cashmere throw. Some black chicks say he ugly. White women, they love me. My Asians and my mommies don't put nothing above me. I call it as a happen, the art of quality rapping. One autobiographical chapter could start up the rapture. And even though I walk in the narrow valley of death, all I see is green pastors, bitches screaming from the rafters. I got these niggas breezy. Don't worry about it.